0: What's up, viewers and listeners? My name is Jay, I'm a registered nutritionist based here in Bristol, working with BJJ enthusiasts across the globe. On today's episode, we had Ashley Bendel on the show, a 26-year-old black belt under Chris Rees at Drag. She is sponsored by Tatami, recently winning Dublin IBJJF Open 2023 double gold, Enyo 55KG 2022 champion, ADCC Vegas Open 66kg silver medalist. She is not afraid of any challenge and this was show when she stepped in for Fionn Davis with a week's notice for a match against Michelle Nicolini in Polaris. In today's episode, we talked about weight cutting, ketogenic diet for competitions, sub-only comps, muscle building, some incorrect medals, and much, much more. Thank you very much for tuning in. And of course, if you're not subscribed, please click that button and turn on, on notifications. Thank you very much for watching and listening. Let's get into it. Oos. Okay, cool, that's recording. Come on, jump on here. Right, that should be all good. Sounds all working. I'm in the middle of the day, that's fine. Cool. Here we are, episode four, uh, I have the lovely Ashley Benzel. Uh, thanks obviously for being on here today. Uh, for those obviously viewers and listeners who may be new, my name is Jay, I'm a registered nutritionist based in Bristol helping BJJ athletes uh, perform to their best and not do anything silly with their weight cuts. Um, obviously, we had the great pleasure obviously having Ashley here with us. So we're just gonna explore into her history, what she's done before, some of her nutrition, some obviously hot topics out there at the moment, which is a few of them. Um, but, yeah, do you want to quickly wa- introduce yourself there, Ashley?
1: So, I'm Ashley Bender, I'm a black belt and dry, so I've trained for 21 years this year, so I've just turned 26. Um, I've competed all over the world, up and down the country, like, currently I'm ranked top 10 for gi and top 4 for no gi in IBGF, and currently flow ranked. So, I've over the last year, I've achieved quite a lot and had a lot of fun with it. I've just competed on NU as well and taken their 55 title, so it's been a Brilliant. long journey, but we're finally getting there and nice. enjoying it.
0: Uh, I have to pick up then, obviously have been doing this since you're five years yep. old. <laughs> um, my gut instantly say there must have been some sort of family influence to kind of say, look, go and do jiu-jitsu type thing, or was it something else? Or?
1: So... I was actually put in the sport because of my brother. So my okay. brother has dyslexia and dyspraxia. Okay. And they put him in just to have something to do that can help with like his dyspraxia especially. Um, my coach, Chris, is my next door neighbor's brother. <laughs> and his mum lives across the road from me. So like, my parents knew, I've known Chris since he was a teenager. And they were like, okay, you're starting the gym, let's put her in. I was actually too young so that he was just like I oh, give her a go and then just from there and then my dad started training a few years, a few months after me but he's also a black belt so now it's a family thing
0: so imagine family disputes get a bit awkward oh, it's great.
1: nobody wants to attack anyone we're just like edging at each other like oh we can't fight anyone
0: I've got this image have you seen those um, scary goats when they get scared they just fall to the floor it's like a family argument in the yeah. kitchen everyone just pulls guard on just each like, other just like no don't move <laughs> yeah.
1: just nothing comes of it we're just like okay we're just gonna argue we can't uh, do anything else
0: can't do anything. I love it um, obviously Chris Reese uh, being obviously his brother being your next door neighbour and stuff I think I read somewhere he was the first black belt from wales yeah, first so, Welsh
1: black
0: belt, yeah wow that must have been obviously interesting to have that as a well potentially your next door neighbor type thing yeah which is really really cool um obviously started at five worked your way up obviously all the way through the ranks and cool and things like that do you remember when your first competition or when you first started I getting out
1: there first time competing when i was like seven wow, i did okay. not want to compete did you not i like i'd done like um inter club and i was just like eh and my parents were like, do you want to try this? So they never forced me to do anything. I think my brother was competing anyway. So they were like, do you want to go? Well, you have to go anyway. You're sitting there anyway. So I like, do you want to just jump in? I was like, yeah, cool. Okay. Um, basically won gold and then from then I was just like I want to compete all the time I <laughs> well, got McDonald's at the end of it I didn't care
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love it just yeah. giving you food as a reward it's yeah. like right not even worried about the gold or the reputation I'd so. be playing
1: my, my Nintendo Switch at the side of the mat and my dolls and then I'd fight and then come back off and play with my dolls again uh,
0: I love it is that what, what's? going to be the celebration meal when eventually you win ADC series uh, to, oh, you should end?
1: see us after we win any tournament we're all just like how much food can we eat <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay that's cool so are competing from. me very young age, yes. um, and obviously, the whole family seems behind mm-hmm. it. And obviously, you mentioned your dad being a black belt and stuff, and your brother, which is cool. Um, when it came to that competition, and obviously, you mentioned that you started, obviously, young age, and obviously had that. There must have been a moment when you kind of said, Right, this is just more than let's say local competitions. What belt was it out of interest? I was or?
1: 17, so I was a blue belt. Okay. So, um, I was actually older than people think when I kind of went, This is what I want to do. I wanted to do jujitsu as a job, whether that was coaching, but like competing at the time never brought in money. Like you've gotta think it's over ten nearly ten years ago that I what like actually decided what I wanted to do. But when I was in school people would be like, That's not a realistic job to have. Yeah, I know. Yeah. They were like, You wanna coach jujitsu, that's not realistic and I was like, Yeah, But that's what I want to do. I ended up settling in school on I wanted to be a physio. Apparently, that was more realistic when we wanted to teach jujitsu. And then, like, eventually, I just had to compete more. And I I qualified as part of the juvenile team at the time. We did trials for the Abu Dhabi World Pro. And we could qualify as part of teams. And I qualified as part of Team GB for their juvenile team. And that was the moment where I was like yes, this is what I want to do. And then nice. from then on, I kind of started to force my parents to take me to tournaments everywhere. Like I forced them that year to spend a uh, holiday in Paris so I could compete. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. have
0: to admit, it's something uh, even at this early stage in my blue belt career of uh, trying to convince the wife to say, she fancy going to Dublin. And she was like, <laughs> why? And I'm like, it's a really nice city. And trust me, yep. it's fine. Or like, I think the worst one recently, I think we had one an athlete competing at Grapple Fest in December and it landed on her birthday.
1: <laughs> oh <it's laughs> and,
0: well. And uh, obviously the athlete we were working with was like, Are you coming up there? I was like, I'll see what I can do. And I was like, Do you fancy going to Liverpool for your birthday? And she was pretty like, all right, we'll go fine, no problem. And then she was like, why else are you going to Liverpool? And I was like, let's just go to this place called Fusion Nightclub. And she's like, what? And then <laughs> she puts it. Yeah, and she just put two and two together and was like, yeah. no chance. I don't want to be doing that on yeah. she, she doesn't do jiu really for listening and doing type things. into a show jumping. But anyway um okay cool that's fine so you made that decision it wasn't as if like you were encouraged or like any had any self-doubt about that type of thing to kind of go pro if you want to look at it like that so like
1: I've always had encouragement from my coaches and my parents they basically were like you can do whatever you want to do my oh, agreement nice. with my parents was if I got an education got my degree then I could they'd fund what I needed so nice. like they'd help me as much as they could and like Chris was on board with them basically because obviously Chris has taught me since I was five so he was very much on board with their idea of she needs an education but they'd always be like look you can do this if you want like you're not you're pretty good at the sport to be able to just go for it and like obviously there's self-doubt like even to this day there's a degree of self-doubt and I think that's something that I've had to work on a lot but I think every athlete if you ask them they're gonna say at some point, they were doubting themselves, and if they don't, they're probably yeah. lying.
0: <laughs> Everyone has an element of a, of a self doubt or imposter syndrome yeah. type thing, and like again, we all have those moments, and sometimes we have to kind of ignore it. Yeah, I know. I know from my personal experience that when I've worked with um, other black belts, obviously about nutrition and yeah. stuff like this, when obviously I was previously a white belt, I don't know why I'd in my head like I'm a white belt, I don't, he's gonna look at me as like what the hell does he know type yeah. thing, but it was co- completely irrelevant, yeah. and so I have to. Sometimes put on like a bit of an act, if that makes sense. Or like a a character to say, no, this is Jay, the nutritionist. This is not Jay, the white belt. But no, that's interesting. So family supported, Chris was supportive. And it's really pleasing to hear from my perspective that it wasn't all cards on the table, this is the only thing that's gonna work for me. You've obviously got there's obviously a background within the degree as well. Did you did you mention obviously what degree it was in anyway? the I
1: have a degree in sports coaching development. Oh nice but cool. like with a heavy focusing on psychology and strength and conditioning.
0: That's interesting. Yeah, psychology I know. Wow has that actually transpired with like any of your coaching would you say um, or? I can
1: use it to a degree within my own stuff. Like I heavily focus well on how to coach athletes within it. But I at the moment haven't taken so much of a coaching role. I coach within the gym. And, like, I coach heavily in our kids' programme. I'm one of the head coaches in the kids' programme, yes. and I coach our core and compass. But outside of that, like, I haven't so much transpired into a lot of my coaching because at the moment it's trying to balance that coaching element with the competitor yeah. element and just trying to make both things work the best sure. they can.
0: No, it's fine. I'm probably on the opposite side of myself <laughs> of obviously how... I wanted to train as much as possible and I'm like hold on you're a hobbyist you're not going to ADCC (laughs) and I I have to say this to a lot of clients in all different types of sports is that they'll have the passion for it obviously we can all vouch for when you get the bug for it you just want to be in here all the time doing as much as you can but it is a predominantly a hobbyist sport and it's trying to take that step back to say look No one's going to be judging you because you've come one less session or whatever type thing. And if it's impacting other parts of your life in a somewhat negative way or an obsessive way, then hey, you've got to really take a step back. And that's not to discourage anyone who has aspirations of going to the ADCC finals or being on Polaris, but interesting i wonder where at what point like i said you mentioned it, it was 17 obviously was there a yeah. conversation or did you did someone bring the conversation to you no or,
1: it was uh, all me like that's one thing i think a lot of people probably looking in at what i've done over the years they probably look in and go your parents forced you or your coaches forced you and not once did they ever like kind of go you have to do something and like when i decided i wanted to make it career it was all me and then I was like, "It's what I want to do." And I think my parents kind of had that idea anyway—that they kind of knew if I could, I would. And then it was just finding a balance to able earn money, yeah. because jujitsu, unfortunately, is not a money-earning job. <laughs> what about
0: It's millions? I heard that's what Gordon makes, and yeah. isn't everyone else
1: yeah. the same? Everyone else, we're all rolling in it. Yeah. That's what we all teach jujitsu <laughs> as well. But like, it's. It was one of those things where I was kind of like, I wanted to do it, and it was just kind of finding that balance of how I would do it. And, sure. like, I never got forced to do it, and I'd always push out and be like, hey, it's what I want to do. Ash was, like, that slight bit ahead of me. So at that time, he's probably about 21, 22, because he's only just older than me. So it kind of like he, I think, had just started traveling to compete. So he was sure. out competing, and I was kind of think, seeing that, felt it myself. And I was like... this is actually a possibility if i want to i've just got to work my ass off to do it and that was kind of like that realization then
0: not to be negative on the point if ash didn't have the Mm -hmm. progress that he was having do you think not even to say that he he taught you obviously to where you are today but seeing what he was doing do you think you may have not even got as far if you didn't see that pathway from him all of a sudden i would
1: have probably still gone down that route because i wanted to go down that route since i was like 13 ish within jiu-jitsu yeah but I know like Ash's impact on me has been very big, whether people realize it necessary or not. Like his, he's brought a lot back to this gym when yeah. he's traveled. He's brought techniques back that none of us had ever seen and was like, we need to be doing this. Especially when he traveled to the States for the first time, he came back and was like, this is their coaching style. They've done this awesome. We're doing this really well. We've done it better than them, but they've done this better than us. And it helped us build as a team as yeah, well. That, and obviously, because yeah. he was out there winning majors or, like, podium at majors and doing stuff like that, it definitely helped us to be like, wait, I can do it. And we were all pushing each other. If you ever see our training room, like, for squad, it's literally just everyone throwing down and then, like, dying <laughs> in the corner, like, good job. <laughs> just hugging each other and just being like, it was a t- like... But we've had to do that to get where we are. And, like... Even though, like, Ash was ahead of me, I think, in my own head, I knew what it wanted to do. But maybe in terms of it being a competition route, might not have been as clear. Because at the time, money was not in competition, Mm -hmm. like, at all. Polaris was very new, I believe, or hadn't even really started around that time. And, like, half the pro shows weren't a thing. Mm -hmm. And, like, people weren't traveling to America to compete at the time. And there was no pro shows in America, really. So the money aspect of competition wasn't there. When i first wanted to do it
0: that's interesting uh, like i said it's such an it's not new in the sense as well it's obviously rooted in mm-hmm. tradition but the way that it's leveling up at the moment i again i can just see how quickly this yeah. is going to evolve over the next few years god forbid how big adcc the next one yeah. is going to be it's just absolutely insane and i think as you kind of mentioned that there seems to be now Within other sports, you obviously have this like, pro ranking, if yeah. that makes sense. And I think there will be a very distinguishable line now where there will be a more bigger pool of pro jiu-jitsu athletes yeah. in comparison to being, oh, I've worked my way up the leaderboard and can kind of consider myself pro, if yeah. that makes sense. Um, so, no, that's good to see. And obviously, Ash bringing that back. <laughs> Christopher Columbus X, yeah. you know what I mean? Went and travelled the seas, went to America and seen all these yeah. things. Was there anything in particular from any other clubs in America that he brought more back from that he saw? uh, Um,
1: I can't fully remember because, like, it was a few years ago he'd done, like, a lot of the travelling. But he definitely brought, like, a lot of techniques back. And then, like, certain things from certain... Even now, like, when he's travelling, he's still mentioning us going, this gym has done this. I really like it. And we'll just get a video. And we're always just like cool <laughs> <laughs> and then he'll, he'll, like he's away at the moment but as soon as he comes back I know he's going to be like they done this awesome I really like this from their training and really we like this and we'll just implement what we think we can and like what suits us it's great but at the same time I was like you have 500 new ideas
0: <laughs> I'm concerned obviously he's in South Africa at the moment like, I was watching the gorilla over there and he's <laughs> doing this and this is on yeah, be t- Like, nice it's, yeah
1: I'm uh, not fighting a, a good gorilla good. I'm sorry So good
0: yeah, that's cool. Well, in terms, obviously, you've got a lot of competition behind you. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, one of the things that we talk about is uh, your weight category. Mm-hmm. Have you always been in the same weight category, or have you gone up and down, or any type of thing? So, or- I
1: used to fight light featherweight. So, I used to fight at 53.5. I've never fought light feather at Nogi because it was 51.5, and I could never make that, like at all. I had to cut when I got a bit older to, like, I stopped fighting Light Feather just before. So I think I cut from Light Feather in 2019. Like, we made a conscious decision anyway that I was going to move up to featherweight because the cuts were getting harder. And, like, I wasn't cutting in a way that, like, made it unhealthy for me. But it was definitely in a way that I was, like, starting to feel it because I'd hit it just like a week out from the comp sure. and then like it'd be so different how I felt in training in the le- months leading up yep. that it just wasn't becoming viable for me anymore so now I fight feather weight for both gi and no gi so I'm 58.5 in a gi and 56.5 no gi nice. unless I'm at pro shows then it can literally be anything from 55 to 65 because <laughs> they like to just throw things at me <laughs> but yeah
0: for a dog a bone as they say Yeah. Like, see what yep. <laughs> That's interesting. So, you mentioned obviously there was a conscious decision mm-hmm. behind not going obviously lighter than yeah. you need to do, and then obviously have gone up a weight category. Um, imagine, obviously, that after the first couple of shows that you did a heavier weight, you probably felt, oh, this just felt absolutely better type yeah. thing. Was it majorly significant, would you say? Or was it just like, oh, I haven't got to worry too much on the lead up to it about my food intake and that
1: type of thing? Or? So, originally when I went up, I was walking around not that much over. The light feather but it was just that that cut to get down with the guion was just starting to take its toll Sure, and like i was not actually convinced i've settled into that division and suit with that division but then last year i started to look along with my strength conditioning so i work with grapple machine and like i started to actually look at how i can build muscle yes. mass It was actually more for trials to try and get me as close to 60 as we could but Trying to get me to 60 was apparently really difficult, and it did not happen. All that happened is I got leaner, and I weighed the same. I got leaner and stronger, but nothing else changed. Even when I was eating, like, 3,500 calories, my weight was not going up. Wow. Yeah, I know.
0: Someone was just pinging to the floor, if that's even possible, to say, stop moving as much. It (laughs) was just like,
1: why are you doing this? And like, I remember weighing in from the trials in September to the trials in May, I was the exact same weight. Wow. Even, like doubling my calories and upping my strength conditioning to three four times a week like my body was just like no and yeah i
0: know that's really from my point of view as like a scientist you get sort of um as i refer to things that you get like an experiment type Mm -hmm. of thing and when you see these things happen in front of you you're like wow this is incredible and like when let's say as you said your weight didn't move at all my brain's racking away it's like okay what else could we have done to obviously yeah. then move that up type thing? Was there something else we were missing out on there? Or was there some metric that we weren't aware of? Type of I thing, think but. all
1: we realised was I was actually under-eating originally. Very Because I tracked my calories. Nice. And like um, Tom works for Machine, I was like, this is how much me and He's like, how are you surviving right now when you're <laughs> training that much? Because I think I was eating between 1,200 and 1,800 calories a day. I know. Unintentionally, it wasn't ever me yeah. being like, this is what I don't want to eat. But, like, I literally got to a point then when I was doing the three and a half thousand, I was like, how do I hit these? He's like, just eat anything at this point. If you have the calorie and, like, the macros and stuff hit, mm. just eat anything. He's like, just bump up your calories a bit more with it. And I think I started to just, like, put peanut butter in, like, everything. <laughs>
0: Normally, the first port of call. Yeah. Che- cheese is the other one. <laughs> you. Is so good. <laughs> um, but no, you're very much right. A very common trend within a lot of sports, and in particular for jiu-jitsu, is just the under eating yeah. aspect. And I think one of the things that gets misconstrued, and obviously, uh, I don't know if you want to call him the mighty Craig Jones, but obviously, he highlighted, obviously, his work with Jordan Sullivan yeah. recently, that there is a threshold within sort of how many calories you can consume from, I hate to use the word, but clean foods that can get you there but it comes to a certain point where you're force feeding yourself and I'm sure there's many people who can vouch for this. Force feeding yourself is 10 times worse than yeah. feeling hungry yeah. Um, yeah. because it's just staring at you and it's not going away anytime nope. sooner and so then you've got to start switching to potentially more calorie dense yeah. foods all of a sudden and that's when I think he was talking about he went to in and out and Subway yeah. and all these type of things to get it in there but don't get me wrong when you hear these things he's just not living off McDonald's I'm sure obviously you wouldn't say same for yourself yeah. in the slightest bit but you start to include things in there and the biggest struggle that I find sometimes is again this crossover between sports performance and sort of fat loss and so in the fat loss camp you'll hear about liquid calories do not touch them it's absolute death from a sports performance type of view get them the fuck in there type thing because having a glass of orange juice with some multidextrose first in the morning bang you've just got 500 calories without even thinking about it and you're not even full and so Typically, it's that, as you mentioned, that encouragement of building it up, building it up, building it up. And then, yeah, there's a few other things you can do. Get fat content up a little bit more compared to carbohydrates and so on. But um, I want to quickly jump on in. Like I said, if you don't feel comfortable about it, please don't worry about it. What were you doing with the weight cuts prior to moving up to weight? Was it just obviously caloric deficit on the lead up to it, and then saunaing or any sweating or anything like that at all? So a or? lot of the
1: time it would be calorie deficit. Yeah. Um, towards the end, I actually ended up having to jump into the ketogenic diet to try and drop a as much weight as possible. More. Wow. Okay. Because I've always been fairly lean. Yeah. And starting to hit, it was like that last kilo and because obviously I'd be jeff it'd be way walk on walk on yeah I didn't always have the time to rehydrate so it's kind of trying to find that happy medium of being like okay if I suck drop down the ketogenic diet yes it's not ideal but I can maintain my fueling right until I go on the mat yeah whereas if I was like dropping water and I cut a litre of water dehydration affects you way more than people realise like I always have to tell people people like can I just sawn it off like how long till you fight and they're like 20 minutes i'm like don't do that i'm like you're gonna die from that yeah. so i'm always like i've got to weigh that but now it's black belt it's not as bad because i generally get an hour after i weigh in nice. because of the amount of fights that go before me so i know i can just like circle my electrolytes my water and just refill but like back then it'd be ketogenic diet at the end would be just that and then if I needed to, I'd water cut. But I try not to do as much water, like, saunering. Mm. I'd water load if I need to. Sure. And that will help me a lot or yeah. somewhat. It varies. Obviously, female hormones don't always allow for water loading to work as yeah. well as, like, for men. But, like, for myself, like, I'd maybe do it at the end. But I try to avoid hot baths and sonaring, That's... especially for IBGF. Yeah. Day before weigh-ins, I'm a bit more like... Or if I've got 12 hours between weigh-in and fight, I'm like... I can deal with it sure. but anything i or like way and walk I'm like it's not worth my time
0: no it's um, it's a music's my ears to hear <laughs> that that's the order you've done it yeah. in. I'm sure obviously from the people that you've come across or even people in here like and yeah. that type of stuff in the sense that you hear some of them talk again I was at a competition a few weeks ago and <laughs> you hear talking oh I had saw them out a little bit this morning before I made weight yeah. and I'm like you've known about this for so long yeah. right And I'm not, again, to be here encouraging you should be wearing yourself all the time and everything like this, but on the lead-up to competition, they'll give you at least three days' notice to say, do you want to change your category, right? Have a look and kind of go, well, maybe that's not going to work out right well, and then move up. Because the biggest detriment I say to people, and they don't really understand it, is the fact that you start reducing water and fluid out of the body. It's not the fact that, yes, you'll be dehydrated, dry mouth, a little bit blurry. You have water around your brain, which holds it in this nice little position. Yes, we're not in a, like, contact sport where I'm going to punch or kick you in the face Don't going to be wrong we will get a knee somewhere at some point type yeah. of thing but it takes actually speaking of which your face, face lot. Lot.
1: Yeah. I, I face plant a lot it's really yeah. bad yeah
0: and so the idea being <laughs> it's just that contact instantly if you haven't got that there it's again it's just going to have problems with things like concussion and the idea being is like I hear little stories obviously from Mikey Moussimeshi who said that he just was in the middle of the mat feel like he was just about to pass out type yeah. of thing. and I'm like kudos for you doing so well in that detriment type of thing but how much more better could you be if you were in that position and it's good to hear obviously again it sounds like you had some guidance with that yes as you mentioned yourself being a lot more leaner and so you'll see a lot of athletes who've got more muscle mass on them that yes carbohydrate reduction or glycogen reduction of the muscle group is obviously something and so for any obviously viewers and listeners out there that you'll see very muscular athletes who are able to manipulate a weight somewhat more than other people yeah. because they've got all this glycogen stored within their muscles yeah. because of it um so no obviously some very good things from there um when obviously it's come to that you've obviously moved away from having to do that now similar yeah. sort of structure without the ketogenic spin on it type of thing for yourself or
1: so now i actually don't have to cut weight oh, at yeah, all. Nice. basically i walk around for my normal i walk around within weight but i can literally like, the last week or so like just tailor my diet a little bit, just to drop a little bit. Like, if I need to drop out fibre a little bit more, just to bring that last bit down. Nice. But I'm normally there or thereabouts, unless I'm fighting 55. But when I'm fighting 55, I don't agree to do that unless I've got a lot of time, time. to weigh in. Perfect. So I can, like, cut weight a little bit. But most of the time, I literally just stop food and drink early the day before, dry out overnight, and then just wake up going weigh in. I'm really lucky, like, Chris has grown come been in an MMA background for nice. God knows how long. So he's very much on top of us in terms of if we're cutting weight. He's like, what is your weight? Ash, obviously, tra- is, he has cut weight and does cut weight, but he also is like, how are you feeling? Is it worth it? This is how we hot bath. This is how we rehydrate. We've put a timer on for some of our teammates before, after a weigh-in, because they're idiots. And they were like, <laughs> one of them down to Pepsi Max, sure, after weigh-in, I wouldn't advise that. And then felt sick. Yeah. And we were like, okay you've got a timer now for your water and your electrolytes then you can eat about two hours later Nice. but like we've got teammates like I've got a teammate that's ex-MMA he's like semi-retired from MMA because unfortunately through his weight cuts he's like harmed his own body from doing it so he's kind of like He's very much honest as well. Like, we've yeah. got a good group around us that so if any of us are like, I am not making weight, we have people to like call on.
0: Well, to give you a bit of insight, the reason I started the BJJ Nutrition page in the first place was speaking to other athletes who had done things like ADCC. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest, majority of them were male. They're yep. obviously doing this, but some of the tactics they were doing, and this was off the most recent, recent one, I was like, that's not right. Yep. And I'm like, you're at such high level, and it's not as if you're not surrounded by the right people as well. And you're doing really fucking stupid things, yeah. to put it bluntly. And so it's really... Obviously, I'm not surprised. Obviously, you guys are absolutely yeah. awesome. But not to hear some silly mistakes and stuff. But it sounds like you guys are just nailed from day dot. And do you think that would probably credit to some of the performances you guys have had so far? Or? So,
1: like, a lot of our weight cutting, like, stuff has actually come from Chris and Aiden, one of my other teammates. Like, both of them are... Aiden's very much into nutrition. Literally, you ask him anything and he's like he'll reel off 20 research papers at you and you're like, thanks. And like Chris obviously being around MMA for so long, like I wasn't allowed to even think about cutting weight till I was like 18. And like, even when I hit 18, they were like, okay, if we don't have to, we're not touching it. Like you're not looking at it. So only when I was like 20, 21, did we even start to like think about things. But like for all of us, like our performances have definitely, we think about what our best weight classes are. And if we're walking around, like we've got some guys who are actually encouraging them to bulk because they're too small for their weight division. And we're like, you should be in the weight division, but you're like six foot tall. (laughs) So you shouldn't be at that weight. And I think we're very much more on the performance base. We actually, none of our team are encouraged to cut weight. Um, We're encouraged to be within our weight class that's suitable for us. And if we're over it, we're encouraged to figure a way to get back down or we're encouraged a way to get bigger. But when none of us are told, go and sit in a hot bath, like none of us want to.
0: Again, obviously, from speaking to others and experiences, obviously, I, I'm pleased to hear. Obviously, like yeah. Chris has looked at things more long term for yeah. you guys, and something which I, again, I'm a big advocate of when people talk like five year, ten year plans yeah. in terms of like that. And I'm like, I like you instantly. Yeah. So, I don't care what the plan is; just like this is what I want to hear about. And obviously, there's different things that are coming through. And I know, obviously, at the moment, there is definitely a crossover from other sports such as MMA, yeah. boxing, Muay Thai, and this type of stuff, and. As, I think you mentioned it was Aidan, obviously he's coming up through, obviously the research and stuff. Yeah. Again, a big tick in my box in the sense yeah. that sports science has come so much further now than where it used to be yeah. that it's no disrespect to the veterans of the sport, but your way has been improved in somewhat. And I'm yeah. sure obviously Chris has had some moments where he's been like, I didn't know this type of thing. And obviously has then not just been Somewhat stubborn from, like, someone can no. be, like, I know what this is, I've done this I've for I've watched years. Chris
1: pull fighters from fights and oh, help them miss weight. If they've been at a point where they're cutting weight and he's like, they can't keep going, he'll rehydrate that's them and make them miss weight.
0: Not cool that they've to yeah. pull fight, but I'm But I know happy. he's
1: done that and, like, stuff like that. I think a lot of coaches, unfortunately, are on the, we must do this. It's the old school mentality, like you say, with MMA especially. Unfortunately, the research behind MMA hasn't been done either in terms of anything. So we don't know the issues with weight cutting or any of the trauma from MMA. Mm-hmm. And if you combine them both, yeah. we don't know what's happening there.
0: It's the same, I think Jordan Sutherland mentioned this, obviously the fight dietitian he said about how more people have died from the weight cutting experience yeah. than in the actual cage itself. Yeah. And having that idea that you are potentially gonna be at risk before even fighting someone physically in front of you yeah. is just ludicrous at the same time. Um, but no, it's, like I said, that's really pleasing to hear that you guys have all sort of taken on board that performance and are kind of being with the times more yeah. than anything else um, and obviously are happy to get up obviously input on board and stuff like that, so it's a really big bonus from there. Um, that's interesting. So in terms of the weighing in formats, obviously you mentioned IBJJF So, obviously typically on weigh in on the match straight away. Yeah. Do you feel like there should be a reason for this, enc- not to say encouragement, but day before Wayne's obviously really putting a spanner in the works with that weight manipulation now? And so, where you said obviously you're comfortably walking around at sort of 56 all yeah. the time, for you to drop into 55 is absolutely fine. Yeah. And obviously, you, you could be heavier coming out to 55. Yeah. It really puts a spin on things that different opponents who may float in between. 55 and 60 size we say so do you think it should be encouraged as much type of thing or do you think it should be not as often it should follow the IBJJF sort of format
1: um I think sometimes with the IBJF format it can cause other issues like in terms of like they have such a big gap between your gi and nogi weight as well like unfortunately sometimes that's just not realistic two kilos for a gi isn't a realistic one and like sometimes that can actually I think cause more danger sometimes because some people it's not going to take away the weight cutting. unfortunately And I think one of the best ones I always think of is day of weighing, but you've got like 10 hours to refuel because you tend to find most people won't cut like six liters water. Mm. But IBGF, I find that people will still cut the same amount as a morning of weighing for an IBGF weighing, but they don't have that time to rehydrate. Problem with day before weighing sometimes is people like to try and match you at ridiculous, like they're like, both of you fire this way, but one of you walks around it this way and one of you walks around five kilos heavier. speak from experience. (laughs) So it's always one of those ones where I'm like, if I am fighting a person they've offered me at 60 and I walk around four kilos light. I'm like, okay, who is this person? What do they actually weigh? Because the amount of times I've been offered a girl at 60 and they walk around at 66. And I'm like, it's day before weigh-in. They're going to be back up to 66 that day. I'm like, it's not worth the risk. Mm. But I think day before weigh-ins... The UFC have started to get it right in terms of they do hydration tests.
0: Have the UFC done that? I know one have.
1: Yeah. UFC did do it at one point. They, I know this, yeah. Yeah, because one we, started doing yeah, it more, They will yeah. do hydration tests like the couple of days before. I don't know if they currently do them, but I know they did. And that's a great way, but obviously jujitsu jitsu doesn't have the money. <laughs>
0: it's interesting you, you touch on that because the hydration thing, so they've started doing it more in boxing recently. Yeah. And one negative thing that came out from it was that they wouldn't do it Couple of days beforehand, they will do it sort of two weeks out before the boxing fight. And what was basically transpiring is they were doing basically two weight cuts on the lead up to yep. the boxing match. And I was like, "It's already bad enough for one weight cut being stupid. We're now just going to multiply it twice yeah. before to try and get them in range and stuff." But I know obviously one are becoming a little bit more on it in terms of sort of okay, fine. Hydration tests are done. They're just simply say, so, "Look, the fight's not gonna... the fight." I think sometimes it's still sanctioned, but the purse numbers obviously are reduced yeah. significantly part of the agreement well part of other people's consensus so far is that maybe we need to start looking at um, hydration tests obviously on the out of these, outside of these competitions yeah. or beforehand because then as we mentioned there's not much money in jiu-jitsu we as it is. We can't even drugs
1: test yeah. like consistently so we have no hope with a hydration test.
0: But I also think from the athlete perspective is that let's say you've got a thousand pound prize money coming up all of a sudden to be sold yeah you're going to lose 50% of that if you're not within this region already Yeah, might encourage them to sort of at their ideas yeah. a little bit and say look we're not mma guys and I, yeah. my biggest thing is i want us to learn from other sports the mistakes they've done and just not simply repeat yeah. them and go like oh we didn't know about this like you've got something pretty similar to you and we've seen these problems yeah. obviously with it type of thing but no it'll be interesting um adcc experience then obviously we're chatting about um you mentioned a lot of them were getting ivs and stuff yes. like this <laughs> and again it comes kind of into the close talk, obviously with the steroids use, it clearing out their system, this type of stuff, and then obviously the IVs is good for hydration. I was speaking to uh, a very well known, obviously jujitsu guy. Um, I'm kind of a fan, so I don't want to call him out on this, <laughs> um, but he also too mentioned that majority of the high end guys are using IVs, even if they're not weight cutting, just to feel better, quote unquote. Yep. Now. I could be dark and mean and say that they're clearing all their system out of steroids and stuff like this. Likewise, there are benefits behind obviously having IVs. People use it for hangovers and bakers, et cetera. But it just seems to me like it shouldn't... Again, it just seems like it's a bit encouraged at this top level at the moment. And yes. it, it, everything trickles down to the point of the way you guys talk about your weight cutting, you're telling the rest of the gym you shouldn't be doing this type yeah. of thing. When you hear of certain individuals doing 14 kilograms in four days to make weight for an event which... People won't see it's a day before weighing. They won't see that it's an event and they won't see that it's obviously an opportunity to fight the top five people. They go, he's doing it, yep. so I can do it before I go to all stars, of yep. all stars, all of a sudden. And that's my biggest concern. So when it comes to ADCC, then do you think they need to tighten up the rule set a little bit more?
1: <sighs> to a degree, with ADCC, they actually weigh every day. So that's like a great thing because it kind of does encourage them to not be like five kilos over but then I also know so many people like it's a 10 kilo increment bracket like especially for the women like it's under 60 and over 60 if I was a 65 kilo girl yes I'm sitting in a hot bath until I get that five kilos off and I'm just going with it and like I think people do underestimate like how much water has that impact and like ADCC does some great things but it does give the money, it does allow, like, a different format of competition, which to a lot of people is actually a better format of competition. They treat their athletes like athletes. I was lucky that I got to go backstage with some of the athletes as well and, like, mingle and wander around there, and they nice. were actually treating people well. Nice. And they were making sure, like, they were good and, like, everything was sorted for them. But then at the same time, like, they do, to a degree, encourage weight cutting – through having such big increments of like everything and then like the problem with IV is when they're in allowing that but then at the same time they're not drugs tested they basically encourage the athletes So at the same time it's kind of like okay you're allowing IVs but you're also allowing drugs yeah it's kind of like if we stop IVs they're still going to be doing steroids yeah so it's it's kind of like that You're, you're screwing your body up either way So what else can we do?
0: It's really tricky because, to some degree, um, I forget the guy obviously who runs ADCC, but um, from a business standpoint, right? You want a business that's going to do well, right? And it's similar to what I refer to as like a food company. Yeah. Yeah. You can have the food company which is the healthiest food company out there, but if the food tasted absolute shit, you wouldn't buy it. Yeah. And it's the same thing with ADCC, right? They've got financial backing to do everything prim and proper
1: it's phenomenally yeah, well
0: yeah and have everything tested yeah. everyone in the right position all this type of stuff but it will then deter some people from participating in it it will then obviously not be as exciting right and yeah. then you then don't have something which people enjoy as much yeah. and I don't like I said I think ADCC obviously has come a long way obviously we've got loads of different mixed match of people yeah. which is really really cool to see but I just think because the they got the financial backing, that they need to be the leader and not yeah. just be the leader of the, the cool kids' party, mm-hmm. if that makes
1: sense. And they kind of need to make sure their athletes are safe, yeah. even if it's just through hydration and, like, making sure they do hydration. They have the money and they get the athletes there a good few days before that they can actually start tracking them pretty well. Like, they do lead the way in so many areas, and I think they're probably the most forward-thinking compared to, like, a lot of the tournaments, Like, you think about IBGF, they just take your money. Like, and they're like, here's a gold. My Dublin gold has got the wrong date on it. (laughs) (laughs) The ribbon says the right year, the medal does not. And I'm like, you've got that, then you've got ADCC. So it's kind of like, you've got two very different routes, and, like, ADCC is doing so well for athletes. There's things it can improve on, like, just checking the athletes and making sure they're okay. But then you've also got the IBGF, on the other hand, that are...
0: more interest in the length of your gi rather
1: than than getting the medals right it's quite funny when you see it says 2022.
0: Is it like part of the other 22s? Did you beat yourself maybe? I, know, I was like, <laughs> oh, okay, so it's
1: 2022 and 2023?
0: Yes. I don't know. <laughs> so it'll be like five golds in one year type yep, things for the yep. same competition. I like, looked
1: at it and I was just laughing and I was like, I've paid £200 for this oh, tournament. Oh,
0: God. just <laughs> try and get a, like, a refund on it and be, like, be like, right.
1: This isn't right.
0: Yeah, what's going on here? I've somehow got more. I've got like, Olympic world record. I've got the same medal. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like, come in
1: 2022. <laughs> so, like, I don't know where this is from.
0: <laughs> You'll call, you call out the person who maybe got the gold in 2022 and be like, yeah I've got your medal what are you gonna say Hi. <laughs> maybe i will be a future matchup. who knows, <laughs> if you're out there listening to I'm this. I'm like, so. I
1: don't even know if i fought them yet, or I probably, let's be honest, there's about five girls, in, like, in the uh, UK, so yeah.
0: That's cool, that's cool. Um, well now obviously again, like, so the ADCC thing is a really hot topic, at the moment, and obviously, we talked about steroids being cleared out, mm. and we obviously got old, got old Mickey, this week, um, <laughs> yes. coming out with a statement, obviously from there, and I don't think there's been anything official, about one of the Rotello brothers, getting the youngest, Uh, gold medal in the world they've put it out
1: but I don't know if they've sorted it yet
0: and I know obviously from a Rotolo standpoint that I know for me I would rather earn the yeah. medal rather than from a dq perspective yeah. right i kind of again obviously this is very very novicey type of jujitsu. but i know i'll never forget one of my white belt competitions i was end up submitted with a wrist lock but the guy was on my back all over me and then did it for some reason i tapped to it and they said oh did he wrist lock you and i was like well yeah they're like oh you should complain about that you shouldn't have won it's a, not an illegal move and i was like
1: Yeah, I was beaten anyway. I was
0: beaten anyway. It's not as if this is going to... And I wouldn't want that in the slightest bit, so I don't know what their take on it is, and stuff like that, but it's, again, very interesting. But the big question I kind of want to ask you is obviously looking at other industries, right? Let's take the bodybuilding world. Mm -hmm. Obviously, the most probably prominent for taking steroid use and stuff like that. It took a considerable amount of time for guys to start talking about this, and then it became quite prevalent for female bodybuilders to come out of this. You think there's females out there at the moment taking other steroids? 100%. And, yeah.
1: I know from talking. Obviously, minus Gabby
0: gossier well. those type of people, but. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> I actually know there are women out there, unfortunately, taking steroids within jujitsu. Um, I've spoken to girls in the community and they're like, oh yeah, I know 100% this person is. And unfortunately, I think for women, there's so many more side effects than men yeah. that some women are taking it and they don't quite know what's, no, what's gonna going to happen on. in the long run because like female bodybuilders have obviously taken it but even then their research into the lifetime, like lifelong effect sure isn't as much as we need mm. so like women taking it now I'm kind of like yeah. I'm happy being a clean athlete and if you want to take it then you go ahead but like the risks of a female body is so much more than a male one and the male ones are bad enough as it is yep without adding in like everything else and like for women the hormone change isn't just not worth it like at all
0: not at all how would you feel though if you lost to an opponent who came out as uh, they let's say unfortunately lost the match to them and they tested positive in the future obviously for that match how would you feel about that would you be interested in the case of ah they obviously were on steroids they beat me due to obviously it's the insult of in jiu-jitsu because they're stronger type thing
1: I think, personally, I've probably lost two women that are on steroids because I fought some high-level women within the community and, like, I fought girls that have gone on to win majors and, like, medals like that. And at the end of the day, like, if I am choosing to be a clean athlete, then that is my choice. Mm-hmm. And I think at the moment, unfortunately, the jiu-jitsu community is rife with steroid use. Even the people like Mika Gambao you've seen probably hasn't fully come out, but let's go be honest, like, if you look at that you wouldn't assume necessarily that he is on them and like for me i'd just be like i wouldn't be happy about it and i'd be like i am a clean athlete and you've decided to just go away from the rules of the sport are Mm. and if i lose them like at the end of the day i'd never be like oh my god i lost you because you're on steroids whether you're on steroids or not there's still a high chance still would have gone that way because to me a lot of the time like i take like, happiness in knowing how I am as an athlete, and if they want to do that, then they have to live with that fact the whole time. And if I lost to them, I'd just be like, not happy about it, but there's nothing at the same time I do. And I couldn't really get on my high horse and be like, I lost you because you're on drugs. That's not something... People would just be like, what are you talking about? So many people have lost to them because they're on steroids. And I think that as long as they get that, like, repercussions of having things taken away from them and get put on a ban... Sometimes I don't think the bands are necessarily long enough or correct, yeah. but that's another matter. Like yeah. you saw, that sometime obviously working in the NBA, you get tested. Also, you get tested twice a year. You're an idiot if you manage to get caught. <laughs> you get told yeah. when you're tested.
0: Again, there's levels of degree to it. Obviously, we saw it in the UFC comparisons, like yeah, <laughs> Mickey, we're coming around on the 13th of September. Yeah. We'll see you then, type yeah. thing. And then obviously that's come up from there, type of thing. But I think the more random stuff obviously is going to yeah. be catching out a lot more people if that becomes a little bit more prevalent. Yeah. I think one potential solution to it all is, and again unfortunately sort of come out of the pocket of athletes in a sense, is actually you getting your own independent test and then submitting it to these federations, yeah. and then kind of proudly walking with that badge of honour, which I think they do with the UFC, they give them like a little badge or something like this to say they've been tested yeah. X amount of times, obviously a clean athlete, but part of me feels that it takes away the responsibility from these federations who, okay IBJJF are doing that but at the same time it's still not all of the athletes
1: I think for like IBJJF especially they get enough money through tournaments that they could work with USADA and yeah. kind of do, I had a conversation with this with one of my teammates yesterday and I was kind of like, one of their best options could literally be picking the top 50 pound for pound athletes and testing all that. Yeah, and just randomly test, you'd get four lots of 50 so 200 people half of those people are going to be the same people anyway so why not like say you've only got 150 athletes to test that's not going to cost them as much in the long run and be as bad on the sport as people keeping coming through mm-hmm. that they're on drugs
0: and again, obviously, you see some of the drugs that they're taking. It's, again, bodybuilding Which
1: one was it? The one that looked like they just took the whole lot. Uh, someone said the trend. Who I was, was just like, they just What's took going on? Everything. I was like, yeah. dear
0: God. And I, again, from everything that I've seen so far, and I might be shot in the head by this, <laughs> obviously, in the future, but it seems to be from certain continents that seems to be more prolific, obviously, with it. And if I'm honest, looking at, again, other sports like the UFC, things like that, it seems to be transpiring, obviously, from particular countries yeah. where. It's not as regulated, obviously, yeah. from a prohibitive standpoint. Even in the UK, again, I ended up doing my dissertation on this, and so this is not—I know, know lots about it for yeah. no reason. But it's uh, illegal to distribute. It's, it's not illegal to obviously to be able to uh, have yourself, if that makes sense. And obviously, there's no lines, obviously, where it's personal use is a problem yeah. type of thing. So. Um, again, very much a grey area here in the UK, states obviously they seem to have this... Uh,
1: very independent on what team you're in, I tend to... But yeah, and again it's kind of
0: this, this excuse of, yeah, but i want TRT. And it's like, yeah. right, what TRT are we talking here? Yeah. Like, are we talking like, yes, you've got <laughs> point one of a minimum of testosterone, or you, are you talking like, I'm actually super physiological over the level, but you're just calling it TRT. Um, so that's uh, that. Is, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting how it transpires. I kind of talking to you, like the idea of kind of saying, look, if I'm a tested athlete, you'd like to think maybe the IBJJF will kind of go right. Well, thanks for taking that responsibility away from us. These are the accredited people that we suggest you use. I don't know uh, Optimal MediCheck, something like this. Obviously to prove, obviously those levels from there. But also you can see your other health market yeah. as well. Is a reduction obviously on your entry to so sort of say thank you for taking I that risk. I know. I'm just I'm trying to be optimistic. <laughs> I'd be like yes, yes me- I'll
1: drugs test myself if I get reduced entry.
0: Yeah, and, it, and like I say, it may not be necessarily significant, but it'd just be the point of then saying that we want to encourage mm-hmm. this a little bit more, and then to the point of then saying, hey, maybe on that ADCC Matt it would be quite interesting to say, oh yeah, we've got Craig Jones here who's going to go a drug tested against, I don't know. Nicky Rodriguez, I know they'd yeah. probably never fight each other, but Nicky Rodriguez didn't get drug tested, and that yeah. was kind of highlighted to the audience as well. People might take it as a little, well, why didn't he get drug yeah. tested all of a sudden? Especially at that, that level, most of them... I'd even say, when you, if you're reaching ADCC levels and competing at that sort of the main event from there, you're going to have some sort of financial backing to and get yeah. these things done. It's not as if you're scraping every penny together type yeah. thing. Um, there are a few outliers, don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. who have, like, I don't know... Work their way up through the ranks and kind of got to their type thing like, um, like reminds me of J rod J rod for example i like did not saying he didn't believe he was going to yeah. get through to the trials but then he got that far and was there and obviously, it's like oh
1: wait now i've got to do all this i've got yeah. to
0: do all this type things that might be it but no it's a very interesting topic there's no clear line as to what's going on there but um it is what it is until we find out what's going yeah. go on from there so plans for yourself then any competitions you've got lined up or
1: um, currently the only two things I'm kind of, like, looking at is, um, there's one that's not been announced, but there's also another within the English Pro, uh, i nice. doing in the female bracket, and I've got another bracket virtually identical the next day, um, at both at 66 kilos, so kind of, <laughs> 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 there's money on offer, and I was just like, what have I got to lose, like, I have nothing else really planned for May anyway, nice. because, like, the British, unfortunately, I struggle to get matches anywhere within the UK, unless it's IPGF. So I've just got that, and then from then, who knows, maybe Polaris, maybe Worlds, but then the same again, so that's like a toss-up. And then obviously trials in September, hopefully with the added 55 division, hopefully, (laughs) (laughs) so I can actually be like, yes, I am overweight for a division (laughs) for a change, but hopefully that will be it, otherwise, it's just taking whatever I can, like, doing as many majors towards the end of the year, Nogi especially, like. Definitely planning to do the European Noki, World Noki, and I'm hoping to go out and do Pan Packs, so Pan Pacifics in Australia. Nice. And do that one,
0: cool. hopefully. Busy schedules, always yeah. quite a thing. I have to admit, yeah. when we put up your um, credentials, uh, obviously on there, <laughs> some of the replies were, this ain't bloody me, and I'm a black belt <laughs> type thing. And I was just like, yeah, it's pretty good. We have some good names, Chuck. Like, I've been
1: for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> We've
0: well, done it since you're five years yeah. old, as you said. Been, like, and that was just, like I said, intriguing for me to see that normally at that type of age there's some sort of like either family background on it or uh, i know obviously the mayor chris Reed's obviously brother was your next door yeah. neighbor which is probably that that sort of yeah. connotation behind it but it's very unfamiliar for people to start at that age and just fall in love with it i take myself yeah. i think i was doing tennis football rugby <laughs> everything under the sun and didn't obviously find this sport until obviously about two three years ago yeah. type thing so no that's really really cool um okay We'll go on to some other funny questions, should we say? It's nothing too major with this one. post fight meal what is the meal that you're going to i know you said obviously your parents used to give you a mcdonald's is still the case of a mcdonald's no
1: it tends to now be i demolish a bar of chocolate really quickly and then i eat burgers or anything we can find depends on where we are like if we're in rome i'm like give me all the pasta and the pizza (laughs) if we're in poland surprisingly it's steak because they do some good steak nice and then everywhere else tends to be burgers or something until i feel really sick
0: So Dairy Milk or Galaxy, which team are you oh, on then? Oh,
1: Dairy Milk. At the moment, that changes the that whole changes. The time. <laughs> Again, it also depends where I am and what I can find. Because sometimes it's just milker
0: <laughs> Oh, milkers! Milkers not too so bad. It's so good. Like, it's not too bad at all. I'm trying. I've actually fallen in love recently, not to be like, oh, it's all fitnessy. But have you tried the Oreo bar, Grenade bars recently? No. <sighs> Go and source <laughs> one. Like hey, they are absolutely incredible. Like generally, like better than some chocolate bars, and you're just like. I don't care if it's a protein bar or anything like this, but it tastes immense. Um, okay, that's cool. Um, when you have the opportunity, okay, to hypothetically to submit Craig Jones. <laughs> oh, God, help me. <laughs> I always ask this. Or Nikki Rodriguez, who are you choosing to submit?
1: I don't know, it's going to be difficult to who you are. i just going to have to run around in circles. No,
0: they're it like I said, whatever oh. submission you've got minded, but who are you going to get more Craig satisfied?
1: Jones, because he's probably more just talks rubbish. <laughs>
0: Everyone says Craig James. I don't know. It's, it seems to go along with the fuck trait Craig Jones. that right? Everyone seems to just... <laughs> he talks gonna...
1: a lot of rubbish towards Gabby Garcia, so I'm just like, ah, oh, well, that sounds like fun, right? <laughs>
0: Okay, next question off that then, what are you submitting Craig Jones with?
1: I think a really naked chalk is just in my head that will be really satisfying.
0: <laughs> you whispering some sweet nothings in his ear. Just his, like ear his head
1: like, yes! <laughs> just screaming in his ear.
0: Oh, God. All no, right, No, I don't know what it is. Everyone just seems to want to submit Craig Jones. And I'm like,
1: sure I, he's lovely, but <laughs> I also want to chalk him right
0: now. I love his mindset that I want to get, I want to get, submit people with really stupid stuff so it yeah. stays rent-free in their head for years or I think I just end.
1: like the fact he's like, I'm second place in the world everywhere, like solve it to everything. I'm like, I like that idea.
0: Yeah, it just puts a nice little spin to, I, I think, like I said, with Jiu Jitsu, I'm sure everyone yeah. agrees, it just makes it a little bit more chilled, more relaxed. Yeah. And I think we were talking about this with um, Mikey Musumeshi finding obviously uh, Pedrigo's mission um, team and the fact that again, it's not overly serious. Yeah. Yes, they know when to train, but it's all about just having fun growing yeah. together. And that's just cool. And that, that That's what I resonate with, with all the families and everything. Um, Next question I've got for you is an unpopular jiu-jitsu opinion that you might have.
1: Um, I don't know. Unless I'm going down the leg lock route. It's probably something like heel hooks don't work or something. Knowing me. <laughs> we have one a team that we normally just shout, single legs don't work. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> That's why it's single legs don't work. Because like, you just
1: bounce back up off them. Like, people are, like, on a leg. And, like, unless you've changed the takedown, well are always, like, single legs don't work. And if you put that in your head... They don't work. <laughs> they just don't work.
0: Right, I love that. i send the clip, definitely. I'll tell you that. Now. Just
1: in your head, just be like, single legs don't work. You'll never get taken down with a single leg again. <laughs> right. You're going to get double leg. <laughs> You're going to get everything else, but not single, single legs
0: leg. don't work. I love it. Yeah. Cool. Uh, we did have a question come up on Instagram, which I kind of pre warned you about. And I just wanted to see your opinion on this. So um, there was another podcast out there. Obviously, I don't want to be hated by too many people, so I'll keep it <laughs> quiet for the time being as to what podcast it was. But they said that. Every time they go to a competition, the Dravenrots seem to scream and shout, and they seem to get points from their screaming and shouting, let alone the actual thing. So, any that, feedback?
1: that one kind of not on us. If we're getting given the points, for <laughs> screaming. It's not on us. But at the end of the day, we know the rules pretty well. So if we think we've scored, we're going to scream. And if the referee <laughs> looks at us like, no, you didn't, we're like, okay, we'll shut up now. <laughs> but we will shout. We just like to cheer each other on.
0: Nah, nothing wrong with that.
1: Shout out a lot.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nothing wrong with supporting your teammates. Yeah. Like, it's the same thing. We were, I was up at Grapplefest, so I said last like, Weekend, and we, we both mentioned, obviously, when we spent some time obviously, with um, Daisy Fresh, yeah. on how when you hear them and they think they've got yeah. something, you know exactly what the hell is exactly. going on. Type That's thing, just so. what we do.
1: It's <laughs> in a Welsh accent. In a Welsh
0: accent. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, obviously... Oh, this is one of our questions to ask. Is it drag or is it Drag or what? Drag. it. It's Welsh.
1: <laughs> Every, honestly I've had to sit with promoters and they're like, Drag? Drag.
0: Drag. Drag. In
1: we either say Drag or just Drag.
0: Drag. <laughs> <That> sounds <Australian. laughs> everyone's like everyone's like,
1: I don't know how to pronounce your team's name, and I'm like, yeah, it's fine.
0: So if obviously this team is doing absolutely fantastically well. What other teams do you think is kind of hot on your heels out there and you're kind of very conscious of at the moment?
1: Um, Within the UK, like, obviously there's not so many teams that are built at the moment. Like, a lot of teams, unfortunately, haven't been able to build as quickly. Um, We've been lucky that we've been working so long for us, like, so hard for so long that we've been able to come together. I think within the UK, it's more individuals that are, like, starting to come through. Like, obviously, you've got the Jed Who, who likes to call out Ash every weekend. But, like, <laughs> see obviously, that, he's... See that
0: regular? all the
1: time. It's quite funny at the same time, but, like, obviously, that happens. But, like, at the end of the day, we don't ever look at a team and we think, I don't want to face them. We're willing to face anyone and everyone. People always comment on how we're competing every weekend. And it's better to compete every weekend than, like, hide away and be like, yeah, we're the best team. Mm. And none of us compete. Like if I lose I'm just like okay cool let's go again. Do you watch any of our team lose? We might pout for 5 minutes but we get back up and we go. Like one of our big things is if you lose, you cheer on your teammate no matter what has happened. Like they all went to Grapple Kings a few weeks ago and before they left. Josh was literally oh, like was w, yeah. yeah. Josh was literally like I do not care if you win or if you lose. I care if you get back up. And just support the rest of the team.
0: Am I right in saying you guys were down on points with that and then obviously you came they back went, to win? Didn't yes. You? Yeah. They went
1: down. Yeah. It was like Team Wales, but I'm gonna like, not gonna lie, half Team Wales was Team Drake. So <laughs> <laughs> it literally was like five extras and the rest of them were like my team. So they were down on points originally, came back and then they would draw in and then it went to who had the most submissions. Yeah. Wow. So, drive really one. Well, Team Wales won off of the most submissions.
0: That's cool. I went to the one in they had in uh, oh, Motorpoint yeah. opposite Motorpoint yeah, yeah. Arena, yeah. and it was England versus Wales. So, I was there yes. to watch that, which was obviously a good battle. And unfortunately, the after I went with his opponent pulled out, I think on the day of the event, which yeah. he was fuming about. Yeah. Um, and I said, "Look, be professional, turn up, show your face, go and support the team," type of thing. Um, but yeah, that was a little bit frustrating. to say yeah. on this but it happens for a reason. Um, but Okay, cool. So obviously that's obviously coming through. Anyone you think is obviously coming up through the circuit individuals who's a little bit, let's say, unknown that you're hearing some murmurs about or anything like that you can throw?
1: There's like a few people coming through, but like one of the people I always draw back to, which I think is truly underrated, is Nia Blackman. Nia, if you don't know her, like, has won Wills, one Pants, one Europeans. She's like 18, I believe. And she's won some phenomenal things. But unfortunately, within the UK, she's just not getting the exposure she deserves. She's a brown belt now and just lost to Javara Jara at PANS and Europeans. But honestly, like, whenever I see her, like, she's smashing it. And, like, doing amazing. But then, like, no pro shows ever invite her on. And, like, people aren't giving her, like, to a degree, she gets the recognition. But at the same time, I'm like, she deserves to be, like... She had on and supported as much as our athletes that are now at the top level because she is the future of the sport.
0: It's interesting you touched on that. Then there's a certain element to it that you see a lot of the invit- invitational show is mm-hmm. probably obviously a lot less small than Polaris and Grapple Fest and that type of stuff type thing. That they're always looking for other people, and obviously people are kind of like saying, "I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that." There. To some degree, there is a responsibility, like with the athlete, to, to market themselves yeah. in this modern day era. As I say to people who I don't know, even building a business or anything like that, you've got these free platforms to put yourself out there. And obviously, yeah. we are talking about beforehand about how there's this is fine line about being overly stupid versus yeah. like actually con- having content there and that type of thing. It's useful, but it's hard because. Part of me feels like that encouragement comes from the support network around them, being their coach, being their team type thing. And obviously, I'm in the mystical white room, which obviously I was (laughs) like, where is this room? I can't (laughs) find it. Because last time I see, it, it was like grey and blue masks, but there's another one type There's another one here somewhere. Uh, Somewhere in this this building. Um, And obviously, you guys put out content from there. So... Do you think that athletes need to take some more responsibility in trying to promote themselves a bit more?
1: I think to a degree, yes. But, like, even sometimes, like, we've got athletes that promote themselves within our team pretty well. And, like, even for myself, I promote myself really well. Post on social media consistently. Always try and network when I'm at tournaments. And still, some shows would never look at me to get me on. Really? Yeah. Just, like, it varies, I think, on what teams you come from like, the people that are around you, like, some teams are liked more than others, and, like, some people, if you're in with a promoter, they love you. If you're not in with a promoter, it's a little bit harder. There's a lot of politics, unfortunately, still within Jiu-Jitsu, which a lot of people, I think, act sometimes like it's not there, and I'm like, no, it's there, but some people just, like, kind of blindside it, and I think especially for women, some people, like, will put their friend on a card more, and, like, have them at a main card, and I'm like, there's so many better girls out there, or girls that deserve a main card slot. Yeah, where that fight could have been an undercard and been an awesome fight on an undercard, but then like some girls deserve a main card slot and they're just not getting them. And it is hard to see sometimes because I'm like, you try and push as many females. Like, I think Enyo's doing great things at the moment, like taking loads of different athletes and like pushing mm. them in. And like a lot of their athletes now, like a lot of them are actually starting to promote themselves more. Nice. And I like, obviously think promoting yourself is. A major way to get like looked at, but there's been times where like people have in followers is more important than like your actual level of jujitsu. Like I've yeah. actually been in a situation there where somebody was like, I'm matching them, not you, and they had more followers than me, and I was like, yeah, but I'm way more experienced than them, and we've had like it's a big thing. Like even if you're promoting yourself, if somebody's got more followers than you, it doesn't matter
0: that jake what i call it, logan paul jake paul yeah. effect and the fact that you love them or hate them regardless they are the marketing geniuses of yeah. the world i could literally give them a, a stick on the floor right? right it'd be the joke or i don't know if you remember this obviously there was an, an egg on instagram which then got over like a billion yeah. followers right it wouldn't surprise me if they were behind it because yeah. they just know how to do it how to get the name out there what to do yeah. type thing and it makes no difference to yeah. it but I can say, again it's my business head that comes onto mind and saying from a marketing perspective don't get me wrong the followers may not really be legitimate but in terms of getting the name out for it it's, it's fine but then the responsibility of the athlete shouldn't be there to promote I think maybe that's where the smallest I don't know if it was smaller shows that were kind of picking that other one
1: yeah? <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow, well,
0: Okay. so I think obviously the names are like Polaris for example obviously they've got a big name already and really so well, yeah. and they promote everyone across yeah. the board which was nice to see on the last card um, how much it does frustrate me, Polaris. Please, can you just put a very straightforward like card events of orders? Because every time know, like, on the night, I'm like, who's on next? i got no idea. It's just something going on. And I'm just like, I want to see what the fuck's going on here. Like, but, who's
1: fighting? Yeah,
0: I, I know who's supposed to be in there, but I just want to know an order, just like the yeah. UFC do it. Like, Thanks. this time at this time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Backstage, we all know, because it's all like a thing. We've got a sheet. Right. Next time.
0: You're <laughs> <there, laughs> like, please
1: put the sheet of paper. <laughs> yeah, I'll us.
0: be like, can you just put it on your story, please? So I just know exactly where he's on at what time. <laughs> um but yeah like i said it must be like i said, it very frustrating obviously from that point of view but it's hard from a business mindset of saying oh well, how do we get the show out there people obviously not... want to sell tickets yeah. and
1: like it's a 50 50 because like i see how they want to sell tickets but then they also want j- good jiu because if you've got somebody that can sell tickets but hasn't got good jiu-jitsu yeah. you're, you're in like a loo like it's like a really tossing up like you're kind of in a lose-lose and yeah. then you're like oh i can have two athletes of really good jiu-jitsu but they're not going to bring in the people to watch the show or bring the streams. Mm. And like, it is hard because like from an athlete point of view, it's really frustrating because like, I'm like, I deserve a shot there. Why yep. can't I? And they're like, if you haven't got the followers or you haven't got the exposure or cause we'd have to fly you in somewhere, stuff like that. And then I'm like, yeah, but now you're putting someone on there with, that's not amazing. Yeah. And they've got three times as many followers. And I'm like, please just like pay attention to the athletes that are coming through. that deserve those shots.
0: I don't know if it's just a fine line in between, obviously, that entertainment value mm-hmm. compared to, like, athlete, like, I don't know if that's the right word their professionalism, yeah. if that makes sense. Because I think, I know, uh, speaking, obviously, he's not speaking to right, he's Chris, but Chris from Grapplefest yes. obviously talks, he wants entertaining fights. Yes. So the most entertaining fight of last week, obviously, was this guy called uh, Nogi Jesus who came out to a Christmas song, right? Nice. <laughs> and honestly, again, he, he's got the part, the beard. Obviously, Nogi Jesus, if you're watching this, obviously, you, <laughs> man, you're fucking awesome. And his opponent was on there, and both of them just went back and forth to the point where Nogi Jesus was doing things like Nate Diaz, where he was just, like, led on the floor on across the, the mat saying, yeah, cool, that's fine, I'll just stay here type thing. Um, and just having a world of fun and just trying different stuff. Yeah. And from an entertainment point of view, that's absolutely great. Would I have cared who won? Not really. Yeah. And obviously, as you mentioned, the professional sort of level of it, you want to see high level. But then I don't know if it just falls down to what I call it like, the snooker crowd type thing like someone passes their guard.
1: Yes. Like, Jiu Jitsu was great for that. You know, it's just like, yeah, like. I remember fighting someone done something. I was like, they didn't even do anything. (laughs) You're just just, like clapping them.
0: It's a really hard fine line for it. So obviously, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I'll be interested to see obviously where the sport goes. But have you got any predictions for the future of the sport and what you think might happen?
1: I hope that it grows as big as something like MMA, even if it's just the sub-only side of things. Because sub-only side of things, like I love gi. Gi is something I wish I could have like followed in the same way I have no gi. But unfortunately, it's that... You have to kind of give a little bit more to each of them. Mm. Um, do I think it could water down the sport like it did with judo and the Olympics? Yes. So it's kind of finding that balance between it. That would be good Like if ABCCE took off really big. Yep. Because if that took off really big, then it's already its own promotion. It's already solidified within the community. And we wouldn't have to change the rules. Mm. I don't know if IBGEF will ever be a spectator sport. From my point of view, no, especially when I fight, I know it's not a spectator sport if you watch me fight. So I'm like, that probably won't be, but I hope it does grow and like obviously like things become better for a lot in a lot of ways. Like or hopefully more women be able to compete in weight classes that are suitable. Not, That's
0: not like 70 a seventy to ninety five, which yep,
1: is they're always great fun. Like I hope stuff like that happens and like obviously for younger athletes now come in through, there becomes more opportunities for them That's and, right. like, ways for them to grow and expand as athletes. From somebody who came from a young age in the sport, like, I know how important it is to be able to have, like, the people around you, like, even if... I think it's so cool that juveniles compete on the same day as black belts at because it gives you that exposure to high level, but I think more stuff like that needs to happen, that, or, like, having juveniles be able to be a lot more in pro shows and kids.
0: Do they announce they're going to put rankings for that? They've just yes, announced to announce it, the only
1: problem is IBGEF only really compete kids in America. So, like, most UK and European athletes will not be part of that ranking. Oh. Yes, yeah, so you basically have the American rankings.
0: Yeah. Great.
1: Yeah, they do this.
0: I try and have faith in the IBJJF because... One day. They seem to listen. It takes a little bit yes. of, like, I don't know, not sound like Chinese proverb here, water against stone for it to be broken down type thing. Like heel hooks for example and that type of thing and how that's being introduced yes. but it's not being introduced but like it's, that, it, yeah. it's there now and i think as time goes on it will start yes. to get better and i don't know if it's just red tape that's stopping them from doing these things and they're putting their hair out going everyone's just slandering us and doing all this yeah. type of stuff we're trying to do our best type of thing um but yeah hopefully like I said they'll, they'll listen they'll learn they'll implement and it will help with it and hopefully not cause too much of a divide obviously between the community um as I know we obviously touched on the marketing p- perspective and stuff like you're going to get way more exposure from ADCC than yeah. you are going to IBJJF like, yeah. thing. but no, that's cool um right final questions so we get sent questions in obviously by yeah. our previous guests and our and my producer obviously Tom and unfortunately can't be here today uh doesn't tell me who it's from okay <laughs> Um, we'll ask you obviously a question off air, after obviously for the following guest. Um, and the question was, why do you exist?
1: Oh God, we're going to get into some deep, like, <laughs> level of things.
0: It's all right. Like I said, you could check j- you already told me what your next question is going to uh, be. So
1: <laughs> this feels like a car topic but I'd have at like two in the morning. Why do I actually exist? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Like, am I going to be existing because of like life on earth or what my aim in life is
0: but go, go purpose what's your purpose
1: um for me like within where i am now my biggest thing is no matter what i achieve i want to be able to stand there and be like i am a role model to the kids That's that i teach nice. i know i am anyway they remind me every so often when they walk up to me and they're like i love you and i'm like thanks <laughs> and then i'm like oh wait they're actually watching me So, like, even if I don't achieve the ultimate goals of what I've ever set myself, knowing that I can provide and show them what to do. Quiet, sorry, sorry. (laughs) As long as I can show and provide them what I can do, like, that to me is bigger than anything I can ever achieve.
0: Nice. That's it. It's nice to hear about, again, trying to be that sort of role model, especially, obviously, within the female community as well. Uh, And, obviously, the sport is growing, which is really, really, really cool. Um, Oh, I'm gonna quickly grab something, so we have actually oh, have a gosh. quick gift for you. It's nothing major, don't <laughs> worry. <fingersarm>
1: I'll
0: quickly grab it, then I'll edit this out.
1: Just sitting like,
0: J- just smile. Da 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 time da 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 I'll do the fake crocodile noise. Cool. Um, Again, Ashley, obviously, thanks for being here today. We are giving this little gift, obviously, to all our little gifts, but it's just a little badge type of thing. Put it on your gi, put it on your bag, whatever you prefer type of thing. Just say thank you for your time today and everything like that. Um, Any shout outs to sponsors, offers that you've got here, anything like that?
1: Um, Obviously, like my team, like Dry is growing, Um, as people know. (laughs) Um, Obviously, like I train. Here at CRA, which is under the umbrella of drag. um, and sponsored by Tommy as well, which most people somehow don't know. Really? Yeah. I always get, are you actually sponsored by them? And I'm like, I literally only wear their kit, <laughs> like nothing else. And then we obviously have Grapple Machine, who I already mentioned, help me with my strength and conditioning. They're yeah,
0: just down the road from me. I need to join link up with them and do a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So he we actually go, so.
1: trains here as well. Does he? So Tom is one of our students used he here earlier. Was it? Yeah.
0: Oh, I should have never lived with him. It would have some time.
1: <laughs> he lives up here and goes back all the time.
0: Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, and I, then you've
1: got, like, some of his other... I think his brother. Yeah,
0: you've got Jake. So yeah. Jake, I know, obviously. So I met Jake years ago on an ultra-white collar boxing event when they yeah. were doing, like, Zero to Hero stuff. And then I uh, knew about Impact Gym before they got both of them and everything like that yeah. and so on from there. But both really nice guys. I yeah. need to, obviously, just catch up with them. So I speak to some of them. But, uh, not speak to them so I know them and compete with yeah. some them type of thing, but really, really cool guys and that type of stuff. But um yeah thank you very much mate. obviously for spending the time here chatting to me apologies oh, for the tech problems and stuff um but um yeah obviously we may come back down i'm sure we'll come back down to speed every once which has been great to meet you and hear your story nice thank, you. You. thank you awesome
1: oh my knees yeah that always
0: happens i try my best not to shuffle too much then i get up like an old man i'm like Ugh, i'm like i
1: forget i'm not old but old because of jiu-jitsu yeah oh we
0: uh, Wicked.